This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, alternative media for discerning minds. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you're keeping Veritas alive. Today's special guest is Michael J. Murphy, the co-producer of the documentary film entitled What in the World Are They Spraying? By popular demand, this is a very important topic that keeps getting requested, chemtrails. Michael Murphy will be with us shortly. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. You'll receive instant access to all our shows. And remember, Veritas survives on your voluntary subscriptions only. No commercials and no censorship. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com. Click on subscribe and take Veritas with you. And get your MMS right from us, whether you live in the United States or abroad. And if you buy health supplements anywhere, you are paying definitely too much. Take a look at our source featured on our website and compare 
You can buy as many products as you'd like, and they have thousands, and only pay $5.95 for shipping, and you also get a 30-day return policy. So check them out. And Season 2 of the 8GB USB drive is coming soon. We just have to wait until the season is over at the end of the year before we start shipping. But in the meantime, order Season 1. That way, if you're new to the program or want to collect our Veritas memorabilia, this is your opportunity to do so. So go to the Veritas store and find out what else is included. It's filled to the limit with ebooks, shows, chats, and all the music of Season 1. And among the ebooks, you have CIA and FBI declassified files on Von Braun, Einstein, and Tesla. So, order today. And if you need to get in touch with me, go to our website and click on the contact button or join me on Facebook. What would you say if you were told that airplanes were regularly spraying toxic aerosols in the skies above every major region of the world? That is exactly what a group of protesters were claiming outside of the annual American Association for the Advancement of Science meeting that was held in San Diego in February of 2010. However, inside the convention center was a different story. The scientists gathered to discuss the plausibility of implementing various geoengineering campaigns throughout the world, all under the guise that the Earth has a man-made global warming problem that can be solved in part by spraying aerosol aluminum and other particles into the sky to block the sun. When these scientists were asked about the possibility of existing aerosol programs, they stated that no aerosol spraying programs have been implemented to date. A little confused? Why would protesters gather outside of a meeting making claims that worldwide aerosol programs were underway if scientists were only now discussing the possibility of implementing these programs? Could it be that one of these groups is being deceived? If you still believe their contrails, stop this audio now. If you want to know what in the world are they spraying, don't go anywhere. Michael Murphy is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Michael J. Murphy is a journalist, filmmaker, and political activist from the Los Angeles area whose work focuses on issues that go beyond the interest of the corporate mainstream media. Michael's work includes producing the documentary, What in the World Are They Spraying?, and several other short films that address controversial political issues. Interviews include G. Edward Griffin, celebrities, and high-ranking government officials. 
Many of his interviews and videos can be seen on his blog at truthmediaproductions.blogspot.com. And directly from Southern California, which is sunny today but covered with chemtrails, I would like to introduce Michael J. Murphy. Hello, Michael, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, and you are correct. It should be sunny today. However, we do have uh, slightly aerosoled skies above us. <laughs> Michael, may I call you Mike? Uh, you sure can. Great. It's my pleasure, uh, Mike. I, if I had to choose 10 topics of interest, chemtrails is definitely one of them. So I'm glad you're pursuing the same path. But before we start, give us some background of yourself and what was the moment that triggered you to look into chemtrails and other topics the mainstream media doesn't cover? Well, you know, to answer the question about getting in, involved uh, with this issue, like most people, uh, the first person that told me that airplanes were spraying chemicals in, into the sky to create artificial clouds, when they told me that, I literally thought the person was crazy and uh, didn't think much about it until uh, a couple of years later, and I was living in Arizona, and I had noticed that the skies had begun done to change. Uh, when I had initially moved there I, from Chicago, I had noticed that the Arizona skies were a deep blue, almost purple looking, unblemished on most days. And, and over the, over the uh, time that I had lived there, I had began to notice that, that there, there was uh, becoming more haze. And I, I didn't know what, what it was really attributed to. Um, but to get back to your question, somebody had pointed it out a couple of years after that person who I thought was completely crazy. Uh, and somebody said, see those trails up in the sky. Those are what many people refer to as chemtrails or also geoengineering. And uh, I began to get extremely interested in the issue and began researching it not only on the Internet, but also going to geoengineering conferences, meetings, and then uh, literally going around the United States uh, filming What in the World Are They Spraying, which has had an incredible impact on, on the movement and, and growing awareness on the issue of geoengineering. So what we found was extremely shocking. And uh, I also found out that probably about 90% of the population is completely unaware of this issue. But again, the issue fact affects 100% of the population. It literally affects all of us in a very negative way. So hopefully we can get into that during this interview. Absolutely. And uh, like you, I also moved to the desert, I think it was late 96 or, or early 97. And I remember seeing the real, true blue skies, uh, no clouds. And all of a sudden, I think it was sometime in 97 or 98 that I started noticing these, uh, these artificial clouds, if you will. As a matter of fact, yesterday, my own three-year-old daughter was walking with me and she pointed up and said, Daddy, what is that scratching the sky. And even a kid can look up there and say, that's not a plane. That's not a contrail. There's something more sinister to it. But when and why did you get the idea of producing a chemtrail documentary? Well, it was interesting because I had, uh, I had moved to Los Angeles about a year ago and uh, started doing films addressing controversial issues. And I went out one day to interview people on Hollywood Boulevard and we produced a short film called uh, Environmental Deception and uh, just went around talking to people on the street, asking them if they knew what the lines in the sky were. And again, most people were completely unaware of what the issue was. Anyways, 
uh, produced the film, and it was pretty pretty effective in terms of waking people up, and it kind of went viral. But what really got me involved in the documentary, in February, there was a geoengineering conference, and it was the American Association for the Advancement of Science meeting, which was held in San Diego. And uh, I thought it would be a good opportunity to uh, head down there and learn more about the aerosol spraying that's so common to us, uh, not only here in the U.S., but, but around, the, uh, around the world. So I headed down there. And uh, for three days, geoengineers proposed their models of spraying aerosol, aluminum, and other particles into the sky uh, to block the sun for what they said was, uh, was for the purpose of, uh, of uh, mitigating global warming. So it was very interesting because they were stating these proposals, stating that this is something that they urgently wanted to do, uh, however denied that they were currently doing it. So it was a very interesting meeting and very shocking. During that meeting, I had met some scientists uh, who went to the meeting as well, um, and they had told me about some dramatic changes that they had in the ecology uh, up in the area of Northern California. Literally, trees were dying, plant life and ecosystems were dying up there, so they started investigating. And uh, anyways, we, we went up and we started filming the first part of What in the World Are They Spraying in Northern California, but uh, to get back to your question, before the documentary, after the geoengineering conference, I had really was shocked by what I had heard because they were talking about the exact thing that we've been seeing for about 10 to 15 years. So I wrote an article called What in the World Are They Spraying? And I uh, put my email uh, on the article and also uh, my number. And I sent it to an online publication at night. And I uh, went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and my phone was ringing off hook, and huh. my email was literally flooded. And the reason for this was aluminum. at this meeting, it was exactly, it was the aluminum. Uh, geoengineers had proposed their desire to use aluminum in geoengineering models, and aluminum has been found in massive amounts, uh, in contamination amounts, around the world. And now people were starting to connect the dots uh, between geoengineering programs and the aluminum contamination. So essentially that's what started the, uh, the film is people contacted me and started sending me plane tickets and said, you know, we'd love for you to document this. So, you know, I, I believe it was truly an act of God, something that he called me into to doing. And, uh, you know, I just answered the call and and uh, started asking questions. And what we produced was a documentary that uh, that's literally within two weeks of production has gone around the world. It's been translated into uh, many different languages. And uh, I really think we're making a difference in terms of uh, addressing this geoengineering issue and the, the damaging health effects and environmental implications associated with it. I highly recommend this documentary. I really could not put it down. I had to watch it a few times just to get all the information. But let's tell the audience what the, the formal name is for chemtrails. It's Stratosphere Aerosol Geoengineering, but we know it as chemtrails. But first, Michael, I want to get something out of the way right from the start, especially for the close-minded skeptics, that no matter how much evidence is presented to them. They keep saying, ah, that's just a contrail. Now go back to sleep. Explain the simple difference between a contrail and a chemtrail. Well, a, a contrail is, uh, is short for condensation trail, and a contrail is normal. It's, it's what's seen behind airplanes when they fly at certain elevations and 
certain temperatures. And that condensation is literally ice crystals that form behind an airplane. They usually dissipate in about four to five seconds. However, there are things which are called persistent contrails. Persistent contrails uh, last a little bit longer and they occur very rarely under very rare atmospheric conditions where the temperature is very cold and uh, high humidity occurs. Um, contrails have been seen behind airplanes since airplanes had been flying. Um, and again, they're very natural. Chemtrails are what geoengineers had proposed, the stratospheric aerosol geoengineering programs, spraying aerosols into the sky, are, are much different. They uh, can be seen usually after being sprayed from horizon to horizon, and uh, they drop down and they spread out. And uh, on a day of heavy spraying, like we have many times here in Los Angeles, and I, I know in Arizona as well, uh, by mid-afternoon, if they start spraying in the morning, they literally block out the sky. And uh, what can be measured from the fallout of these trails are massive amounts of aluminum, barium, and uh, strontium. So that's what many people call uh, chemtrails. And uh, there's a vast difference because contrails are harmless. They're natural. And they've been, again, occurring since airplanes have been flying. However, aerosol trails, or what many people call chemtrails, are, uh, are chemicals that are deliberately sprayed into the sky. And uh, the purpose, you know, there are many different purposes, which hopefully we can get into, but uh, usually they will spread out and begin to block out the sun. And once again, folks, a contrail is simply ice crystals that vaporize, effervesce, evaporate, and then simply disappear rather quickly. And I think a good, uh, uh, if you say, if I can see the airplane, is a is a uh, contrail. If I cannot see the aircraft, is a chemtrail. But Michael, I remember a couple of uh, days after 9/11. And for anybody who says that the government is not aware of chemtrails or they don't do it, listen to this. I saw a video once, uh, and it disappeared later. It was a Canadian reporter interviewing former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. The reporter asked him if he had any plans to control panic if another attack were to occur, and his answer. We have Prozac and Valium in aerosol that we can deploy. What do you think he meant by that? <laughs> well, naturally, being that I've been researching this issue, and I've heard a lot of different theories. Of course, we didn't cover this theory in the film, but perhaps he meant uh, aerosol form. Sounds like they are prepared to spray this. Um, that's what I think he meant by that. However, perhaps we could ask him for clarification. I think that would definitely settle the, uh, settle the score. But uh, certainly I think that, that there are many different patents uh, for spraying devices uh, for airplanes for spraying many different types of aerosols. I think there are about 122 different patents for devices that are designed for that. So uh, I think it's definitely plausible that uh, drugs and and uh, other things could be sprayed up into the sky. You know, even G. Edward Griffin, your co-producer, said it best. He said, you know, some people don't want to get vaccinated. What a great way to inoculate the population, to spray it over their heads. And how, how many times do we look around, Michael, and we see people, and I use the term all the time, people seem zombified, almost in a trance. And when you start looking at what they're spraying, it really makes you wonder, if it pacifies the masses. But what can the ordinary person do about this? 
Well, you know, it's uh, we can do a whole lot, and it depends on whether you're talking about from the activism standpoint, or uh, are you talking about from the from the to protect our health from this? Both. <laughs> well, from the activism standpoint, again, um, my guess, and this is a rough guess, I believe about ninety percent of the population is totally unaware of geoengineering and and these technologies that that are being deployed. So, so I think uh, many people. Can, can just simply get the word out right now, but it really depends on what skills we have. If if we have political skills, certainly uh, people can address this to uh, their elected officials. Um, for me, activism and filmmaking has, and writing has been a way that I have been addressing this. You know, I encourage people to use whatever skills they have. Public speakers should be speaking public about this because it does affect us. It is very damaging, and I hope that we can get into the human health uh, implications of that, and perhaps we should uh, talk about that before discussing some of the steps that we can take to strengthen our immune system. Absolutely. Yeah, and before you say that, I just want to say to the audience that uh, people have been sending me TV commercials from Europe and from the United States where it's almost ubiquitous uh, to see the chemtrails in the sky, almost as to, to tell the children and to the teenagers, like, look, this is just normal. It's part of life so that we can stop uh, questioning. But you mentioned elected officials, and I know we're going to get into this a lot during the interview. I saw you try to interview a lot of our elected officials, and you were faced with a lot of cold shoulder. But yes, let, let's start with the human health uh, issues, and then we can t uh, talk about the elected officials. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, we're going to go back to geoengineers' proposals, and their proposals were to spray 10 to 20 million tons of toxic aluminum uh, into the sky, and we can talk about human health, and then also perhaps we can also talk about the environmental implications, but from the human health standpoint, during the, the film, uh, we've interviewed a lot of health officials and, and physicians and metal experts, and, and they all really came to the same conclusion, that uh, that. Aluminum uh, is very toxic to human health, and it's linked to many neurological disorders, including one, uh, which is called Alzheimer's. And um, aluminum-related illness in the past 10 to 15 years have literally gone through the roof. Here in uh, L.A. County, we've seen over a 200% increase in Alzheimer's, and they've seen substantial increases in many other parts of the world, ironically, during the same time that these programs have been deployed, and again, massive amounts of aluminum contamination being found uh, in rain and snow samples around the world. So, um, but what aluminum will do, as well as barium, barium's being sprayed into the sky as well, and barium is very toxic to human health. It lowers our immune system. Um, it will create high blood pressure. Uh, and a number of other ailments. And during heavy spray days, any emergency room physician who is aware of the sprain will tell you that there's a direct correlation between the sprain and emergency room admittance. Emergency rooms are packed during heavy spray days. People often uh, complain of burning eyes, shortness of breath, headache, irritability. But uh, again, um, barium will increase their blood pressure. So uh, we also see uh, a higher increase of strokes and heart attacks. So pretty serious implications. And strontium, which again is being found in massive amounts, and we can get into some of the tests um, that, that we uncovered and that are being found around the world. Strontium is a carcinogen. So 
uh, getting back to aluminum in, in these metals, these aluminum is accumulative. And uh, if you remember about 10 or quite a few years ago, people had, a lot of people had quit cook, cooking with aluminum because of its uh, devastating effects on human health. Well, um, aluminum is accumulative, and uh, what it will do, along with barium and strontium, which we know conclusively is uh, in the aerosols, it will lower the immune system and attack whatever part of the body might be weak. So if somebody has a, a bad kidney or liver, you know, it's going to attack, attack that part of the body. So uh, getting back again, we've seen an incredible increase of, of illness um, upon the inception of these programs, and we continue to see those today, and it's very concerning. Respiratory mortality has gone from number eight on the list of mortality down to number three in the past five years. Of course, in that five-year period, we've seen an incredible increase in the deployment of aerosol sprays. So deeply concerning to those of us who are aware of this, and um, I believe it's... Uh, it's in part, I believe this is a multi-agenda operation, so there are a lot of different components, but I believe that it is in part a depopulation uh, agenda, and if anybody would want to question that, I would urge you to look into uh, eugenics programs sponsored by the Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, uh, the Rothschild family, uh, even Bill Gates, whose family has a history of, of depopulation and eugenics. Uh, ironically, Bill Gates is a heavy funder into geoengineering programs and uh, deeply concerning that there's a group of people who believe that the earth has a population problem and they believe that it is their job to ultimately decrease the population. Unfortunately, people like you and I and many of our listeners are not on the list to live. I'm letting you open that can of worms because I had some names here that I withheld to to mention, not knowing if you were going to. But I'm glad that you have no filters and you're mentioning some of the players, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates with Planned Parenthood. Like we can also add uh, Rupert Murdoch and the vaccines, uh, and we can mention Henry Kissinger and the statement of uh, we're all useless eaters and we need to get rid of uh, most of the population. But uh, it's very important to mention this. Uh, last year I had, uh, not to be confused with G.A. Griffin, we had A.C. Griffith, who had a group who went to Arizona and did some uh, chemical analysis via an, in, an independent lab and uh, provided it to the EPA because the EPA said, no, the air, level, air quality levels are totally acceptable. So they did this analysis, gave it to them, and it was nowhere to be found later. Nobody even answered the questions. Have you contacted the EPA or any government uh, branch to discuss this? Well, many people have. And, of course, uh, we have not gone and discussed the, the tests yet, but there has been literally mass contamination, not only uh, in Northern California, Hawaii, and other areas that we filmed, uh, but all around the world. People are finding mass contamination of aluminum, barium, and strontium. And uh, many people have contacted the EPA and California Air Quality Resources Board and many other officials, and uh, they've been getting the cold shoulder of this. And what it appears, and also you had mentioned, you know, part of the film where we went to uh, Washington, D.C., and I brought yes. test results, and I brought letters in proof that these programs are happening, and I tried to, I interviewed over 35 senators and members of Congress 
with all with an exception of about two or three, gave me the cold shoulder and did not want to address this issue. So it appears that this is not only here in the U.S. This is uh, obviously in part, in part a New World Order agenda. So it's uh, it has globalist backing behind it. And I think a lot of these elected officials, because they are illegal, they are black programs, and they are hurting people um, and killing people, they simply do not know how to address this. And if they address it, I think there are some serious consequences. And if anybody questions that, I would ask you to look into Congressman Dennis Kucinich's 2001 Space Preservation Act, which was a bill that was written by his office. And uh, he had specifically written in the bill the word chemtrails and calling for a ban on chemtrails. Um, after that was written into the bill, before it went uh, onto the floor, uh, the word chemtrails and the, the part on chemtrails had been removed. From that bill, we tried to contact uh, Congressman Kucinich. Uh, there was no comment from his office, and he failed to get back to us uh, for our request for an interview. So, you know, it's definitely a taboo topic. And, uh, again, these are black programs. A lot of people are being hurt. And uh, it, uh, for an elected official to, to discuss something, I think, is completely taboo and would be very costly to their career. And maybe their lives. Didn't the U.N. recently say that they want to ban geoengineering. Did you see the news on that? Well, there was a moratorium, and it was in Japan. And uh, the moratorium did. Many countries signed on, like 192 countries. Ironically enough, the United States was not one of them. And, yeah, they did sign a treaty banning geoengineering programs, but there's a catch to this. They never addressed the issue of current deployment that they were currently going on. So... As a result, we're still seeing chemtrails and aerosol spraying around the world today, being reported all around the world. And two, they didn't say we want to ban these programs. What they essentially said were we need to create global governance to govern and regulate these programs. Isn't it ironic that anytime there's an issue or, or there's a serious problem that affects the people in the world, the globalists always have a solution, and it's saying, sure. give us more power. Give us more authority. We want more of this. That's the solution to your problems. And I want to go back to the Hegelian dialectic. Exactly. Problem, reaction, solution. They create a problem, they get a reaction from the public, and then they reorganize with the solution that benefits them in their agenda. And that's exactly what it is. It's the Hegelian dialectic. And uh, it benefits a select few at the expense of most of us. And the problem is that most people clamor for a change, clamor for a solution, not knowing that the reason why they're bringing this solution is because they manufactured the problem in the first place. And if people were to wake up and realize that and unite, things would be a little bit different. But how is it that when one calls the FAA, I used to fly many years ago. When you call the FAA to get information about the plane currently in view and spewing across the sky, they cannot seem to find any information about it. What kind of code or reference is attached to these planes and flights uh, designations? Now, what designates them as unreportable? <laughs> well, I, I think the, the answer would be in the military. Does the FAA regulate and track military uh, aircraft, and is that information available? And the answer, I believe, is no. So, uh, 
you know, that, that certainly answers that. And many people have contacted the FAA and they've reported this and tried to track it with it to no avail. So, you know, we know that these programs are global. We know that there are many different corporations in many different countries involved, including the military. So, um, uh, many people have gotten nowhere by contacting the FAA, but I think we're we're really at a new point. Um, and, and the issue is this. Many people who were aware of the aerosol spraying had no idea how damaging uh, it was. And we address that in the film. And, uh, you know, our greatest uh, or my greatest hope for filming and, and for producing this was not only to get the word out to the public, but also to reach out to people who are involved with these programs. My guess is that most of the, the pilots and people that, who are involved with this, I don't think they really know how damaging this is to human health. And hopefully we can get into how damaging it is to the ecosystem and ecology. And, uh, you know, once they find out that what they're spraying is harming them, what they're spraying is harming their family members, what they're spraying is a threat to humanity, then we're hoping that many of them will step up to the plate and be willing to address this publicly. And that's my greatest hope. And that's what I pray for. Oh, wow. That's what and I pray for. You see, for. this is my biggest enigma or mystery when it comes to chemtrails. And please, folks, consider the impossible as possible for a moment. There's technology that can remotely control an aircraft. With so many planes, and we're talking about hundreds and hundreds on a daily basis, is there a possibility that some of these planes could be remotely controlled? And that's why we haven't heard from one single pilot moving forward and telling us about it. Well, you know, we do know that that technology is available. So, sure, that's, that's definitely possible. But, there are, you know, there are literally thousands and thousands of people involved with these programs. It's not only you know, people that would be flying the airplanes, but people supply the aluminum, barium, strontium, and not to mention the other <laughs> biologicals and other things that they're spraying and putting into the aerosols. So, you know, I think that's certainly one component of it. But uh, uh, again, I, 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 my hope is that people who are aware of this, who are involved, because we know in programs like this that there's compartmentalization and perhaps the person that's delivering the, the uh, aluminum oxide to the planes or to the airports has no idea, you know, A, what they're transporting, and B, what it could be used for. So we know that there's compartmentalization, but there are people who are definitely involved with this and who definitely uh, are aware of what's going on. But uh, I think, again, they're, they're being told, hey, you know, what you're doing is top secret, perhaps they're saving the planet from some global warming threat or, or something else. But uh, the, unfortunately, those people are being duped because if the, the, uh, the globalist uh, people behind these programs uh, told them, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get you involved with the program and, and it's in part to depopulate, you know, the planet and it's going to hurt you and get your family sick and, perhaps kill some of your family members. I don't think they could get too many people on board with this. So they definitely use deception. And, uh, and unfortunately, the people involved, uh, I think, are going to wake up. And again, that's, that's my greatest hope, that, that many people involved will. And this is a comment from one of our uh, audience members. He says, I see this at the 8th at the ground level. 
Well, you know, I heard very little of what you're saying because there's extreme distortion uh, over my phone right now, ironically, that's been happening during some interviews. So I wonder if perhaps somebody is uh, trying to, trying to uh, cover this up. Could you ask the question one more time? I'll see if there's still distortion. Sure. Do you have any comment I made about the, well, first of all, can you hear me okay now? You're, you're going to have to call me back, and, and okay. I'm sorry for this, but yeah, there is distortion. Please call back. Thank you. This is Mike. How about now, Mike? Sounds good. Yeah, I think they, I don't know if they're jamming my phone or what they're trying to do, but it's unfortunate that that people would be uh, trying to prevent this word from getting out because, of course, they benefit from, from what you and I are doing. It happens every so often. What part did you not hear so that I can repeat? Pretty much the whole thing after I was speaking. Okay. Well, basically, I was reading a comment from a from a, a listener. Let me read it again. He says, I see this at the ground level and have said so many times. It takes crews, loaders, mechanics, suppliers, and on and on to make this happen. Yet, to many, they will look to their paychecks and tout their family that they have to take care of. As the righteous reason, they do it, justifying it to themselves and anyone who could ask or even know with the real sick playing the Patriot card. Like all of the bottom pay-for-deviants and psychos we have ever known of or not. And also, I was mentioning that it seems to be an, a NATO operation. We see these planes over NATO countries. And the non-NATO countries, if this has ever happened and some plane is flying over them, they force them down. The United States government calls that country and tells them to release the plane or else and do not even mention have you heard about the countries where we're not flying? For example, I know China doesn't see chemtrails. Well, I've heard that, and I've heard that, that Colombia and, and some other countries do not have chemtrails. But yes, it, it does appear that they're over every NATO country, and then uh, a bunch of number of other countries as well. So uh, we, we know this is essentially a worldwide program, excluding just a couple of countries, but um, you know, we know that uh, there's an agenda to rapidly expand as we're seeing more and more uh, aerosol spraying on, on a day-to-day -day basis. So I wouldn't doubt that we begin to see countries such as China and other countries uh, submit to this uh, new world order agenda. And, um, you know, these, uh, these, this, these technologies, and I hope that we get an opportunity to get into some of the, uh, the different reasons for the aerosol spray, and they do have technology that that can uh, essentially uh, do things that are not favorable to countries who do not submit to the will of this, uh, of this uh, new world order or what you also may want to call or I call the beast. Yes, and I hope that we can get to the belly of the beast today. The two biggest questions are who and why. Who is behind this and why? And we can also talk about the what, when, where. That would be even better. Okay, well, you're asking who, and, and, and uh, that's not an easy question because there are many, again, this is a multi-billion, if not trillion dollar operation that's worldwide, and, and it's global. So there are many different corporations involved, there are many different countries involved, and there's many different politicians and, and uh, black ops, you know, people involved with this. So it's not that easy I have a question. Again, people have filmed uh, UN planes spraying, uh, also KC-135s, which are tankers, you know, that, that have been uh, filmed spraying. There's a, uh, a plane, a Cargolux plane, which is actually a German 
cargo company plane, which uh, has been filmed plane as well. So that indicates to me that it's uh, many different uh, governments and also many different countries which are involved with this. Um, of course, if we look towards you know some of the uh, the agendas and the, and the goals of the uh, the New World Order, it appears that it's it's the select few people you know the masterminds behind that. Again, we mentioned some names. You had mentioned my some of my favorite people's names. You had mentioned Kissinger and and Gates and and of course the Rockefellers and, and the Rothschilds. All these people yes. that, that have such a love for the world and a love for humanity that they think that that it's their job to control humanity and and essentially take these godlike powers in, into their hands. So deeply concerning to us. But yeah, essentially, you know, this is, it's a, it's a world government agenda or a new world order agenda. And uh, part of that agenda, again, is depopulation. It's globalism and uh, control. Uh, and, and, and the agenda is not in the best interest of people. It does not call for freedom. It calls for restriction in and, and police states. And as George Bush Senior had mentioned not the rule of the jungle, but rule of law. And what he meant by that, I think, was we want to essentially control you. And of course, we see that giant control grid going up everywhere, and the unsuspecting public is scratching their heads and going, "Why is life so stressful? Why is it so difficult, you know, to survive?" And the, the answer to that is we're being enslaved. Just every day, there are more rules, there are more regulations. We're being stripped of our finances. We have greater um, greater uh, pressure put on on us in our jobs and our in our work. So there's a a lot of uh, a lot of things that are affecting us in many different ways. And of course, we have different technologies now that are affecting us as well. So there, again, this all links into. And I don't know how you got me into this discussion, but I'm speaking about it because I stand against these things. I stand for peace. I stand for love. And I stand for freedom. And the new world order agenda is an opposition of these things. So it's deeply concerning to us. But to get back to the chemtrail issue, the chemtrail issue plays a key role in this because, again, um, you know, it appears that it's in part depopulation. Uh, and then there are, very, uh, there are a lot of military applications which, uh, which are associated to the aerosol spraying as well. Did you want to get into that now? Absolutely. Not only that, Michael, but feel free. I know that the focus of the show is chemtrails, but chemtrails only one piece of the puzzle. Everything is interconnected. And I go back to the Hegelian dialectic. And although this may not be related to chemtrails, you know, TSA, Homeland Security, Transportation Safety Administration, when you go to the airport. I was, I was in the LA airport a couple of weeks ago, and for the first time in my life, I felt almost violated with the, um, uh, the full body scanning. Not only that, but I didn't refuse. I didn't opt out. And immediately I, was, I did the pat down afterwards. And today I heard that there's a uh, movement. The uh, no opt uh, the opt out day on November twenty fourth for anybody who's traveling that's Thanksgiving big traveling day, uh, you know if enough of us say that's it enough what else do you want this is just a fabrication we can make a difference but let's get back to uh, to the uh, chemtrails I wanted to ask you one question commercial airliners is there a possibility that because they really want to advance the agenda of chemtrailing and realize they don't have enough planes that they could leverage or piggyback the commercial airliners and commercial pilots may not even be aware of what's happening behind their planes? Well, I, I think it's plausible. And I want to go back to uh, a comment that John Holdren 
who is uh, Obama's science czar, made. He said, you know, we're going to look at uh, putting additives in the fuel of commercial airline jet airliners to uh, to essentially put particles up into the sky that would block the sun. So uh, that was something that he had spoken about, um, God, about a year and a half ago. So is it plausible? I, I do. I think it's it's a possibility. Uh, is it happening now? You know, I'm not sure. We haven't really researched that part of it, but we certainly know that they are spraying. There's conclusive and a mountain of evidence that, uh, that, that proves that they are. So... Somebody asked this question regarding low-budget airliners. Sometimes you go from one state to another for $50, and it makes you wonder how profitable that is to, to an airliner. And it makes you wonder if they're using these low-budget airlines to, to spray. But again, that's speculation. I know you like to deal with facts. Tell us more about the documentary and some of the other findings that you made. Yeah, well, it was interesting. After we went to the uh, the geoengineering conference in San Diego, and again, it was the uh, American Association for the Advancement of Science uh, meeting, we uh, we had listened to the proposals, or I had listened to their proposals for spraying these aerosols into the sky for what they said was the stated goal of uh, blocking the sun. And uh, again, we had met some scientists and some people who... Uh, who told us about some of the challenges that they were having. And, and our first stop was in Northern California. And uh, the people up in this area, it was in the Mount Shaft area, in the Redding area, uh, a couple of years ago began seeing declines on their property. Trees were dying. The wildlife was dying. And uh, they began to question why. So some of the scientists in the area got together and they started doing some soil tests. And what they found was that their soil pH was increasing, uh, greatly increasing, and I'm not talking by 1% or 2%. Uh, at a minimum, it started increasing between 10 to 12 times the normal alkalinity in the soil. And, of course, anything that requires an acidic soil to grow will start to die in, uh, in, in alkaline soil, and that's exactly what they're seeing. So they began to wonder why and started testing the rain. And the snow in the area, and what they found was uh, incredible. They found massive amounts, again, of aluminum, barium, and strontium. Uh, those metals together put into the sky will, when, when, they're, when they come down in the rain, will drive the soil basic, exactly what's being seen. Um, so what's interesting, geoengineers' proposals match exactly what numerous patents outline is for the spraying of aerosol aluminum, and it matches exactly what's being found in the rain, uh, in the snow, and as a result, the soils are being devastated. Um, the one test in, in Mount Shasta was taken about seven years ago, and that test revealed uh, seven parts per billion of aluminum. Now, also barium and strontium, I'm not quite sure what the numbers were, but uh, anyways, all the numbers were high. Um, a test was taken about a year ago on Mount Shasta. Uh, again, it's far removed from any industry. It's far on a hilltop, not around any ski slope or anything. And uh, that test increased several thousand percentages to 61,100 parts per billion. Uh, it's literally toxic, and people actually climb that mountain believing that it's pristine, as it should be, and they use that snow to hydrate. And again, government action is required at 1,000 parts per billion. This is 61,000 times uh, the government regulation 
and people are drinking poison when they go onto that mountain. So it's very interesting. In that particular area, they get seem to get sprayed a little more, um, little more than they are in, in other parts of the country, and uh, they have seen up to 50,000% increase in these metals in just the past five years. Um, and I want to remark that these trails were not there seven or eight years ago. It's a new phenomenon. And uh, there is a correlation between when trails are present and rain samples are taken and when the trails are gone, the levels dramatically come down. So it's deeply uh, concerning. And, of course, when we filmed up there, um, you could just see the heavy uh, aircraft activity and, and the heavy aerosol spraying activity during that time. So a lot of people sick in that area with respiratory illness now. And of course, they're seeing a die off of everything. Um, we interviewed uh, a solar expert who has seen up to a, I believe it's a 60% decline in his solar power. He's off the grid and uh, he works for Bechtel. So he is a solar expert and he's seen that decline just in the past seven years uh, when these aircraft have been emitting aerosol spraying. So it's deeply concerning. Um, my heart really went out to Dane because he, he bought over 2,000 acres overlooking Mount Shasta and Lake Shasta, just beautiful property, but it's all dying now. Everything's dying, the amphibians. And I saw the uh, I saw him on, that gentleman on, on your video, and it was very moving. You could tell that he was affected by what he was seeing, but... Uh, Here's one aspect I haven't thought about until I watch your film, and thank you for connecting the dots. Aluminum has an effect on rain, soil, and snow, as you said. Let's take soil first. Let me wear my power political researcher hat for a moment. We all know that Monsanto and other large corporations are doing with uh, genetically modified crops, uh, GMOs. Have you found any effects on how aluminum may affect crops and are they working on a genetically modified crop that is resistant to aluminum and maybe the other substances, giving them the monopoly for growing food? Well, it, it certainly appears that, that that's what they're doing. And, and I guess it, and this gives me a good open door to speak to our second, uh, actually our third part of the trip, where we filmed uh, a week, we took a week filming in, uh, in on Maui, Hawaii. And... We spent uh, several days on an organic farm, and it was a beautiful place to live. The, the group that we lived with uh, grew their own food. Again, it was an organic farm, and um, it was amazing because I'd wake up in the morning and, and go out and pick, literally pick my breakfast off of the tree, you know, off of the branches. And I admired the freedom that they had out there because they were there were no stores, they were completely off the grid, and it was just really a neat, free place to live. However, uh, we believe that, and many people on the island who are aware of these programs believe that that freedom could be in jeopardy, and I'll tell you why. They are being affected by the aerosol spraying. Um, when we were there, I did a number of talks and encouraged the locals to do rain tests, and of course they did after we left, and the test came back revealing high amounts of aluminum, barium, and strontium. Um, just in the past several years, they've, again, seen profound changes on that farm. Uh, they're not getting the yields that they were on, from their natural trees um, and their natural fruit. And also, the, the coconut trees are softening, uh, something that's a new phenomenon as well. And the concern is this. The concern is that, in part, these spraying, because we know conclusively that these aerosols are 
detrimental to ecosystems, a lot of people believe that it's in part intended to kill off anything that's natural and organic so that the only thing available are these new GMO seeds. And uh, there had been uh, an aluminum-resistant GMO seed recently developed at Cornell University. It's owned by the USDA, USDA and the Brazilian government. So many people believe that, yes, exactly what you said. This is a, in part an agenda to monopolize seeds so that people cannot live free. And I left, you know, very beautiful place and a wonderful place to film and we had a lot of fun and but there was a kind of a hole in my heart because you know I'm looking forward about 10 years and what's going to happen to the beautiful way that these people live and if they can't grow anything will they have to get their seeds from some GMO manufacturer and if so what are the requirements for that do they have to take classes do they have to you know uh, work meet certain requirements and to me that's really the end of any freedom that we have and uh, it's deeply concerning and I hope we're wrong on this one but it sure looks like everything is pointing towards that as being in part the agenda. And yes, uh, I can envision licensing if you want to grow and uh, pay your royalties if you're going to be growing their, their, their genetically modified crops. Not only that, but it really makes you wonder what type of changes can occur in, a, in your body by eating something that it's not natural. And it, it really removes or actually implements a 100% dependence on the system. You cannot grow your own food. You cannot have solar solar equipment to to uh, to produce energy and so on and so forth. And once again, we go back to to, to the uh, uh, the problem reaction solution situation. But he, it seems that geoengineering are justifying uh, the engineers are justifying rationalizing and looking to legitimize some really horrible impacts on our environment. And the, they're basically formulating the sales strategy and the implementation, oversight, and funding strategy of uh, these chemtrails, Michael. Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. And now we see an increase of, of this issue of geoengineering being discussed on the corporate mainstream media of something that uh, they state we must urgently do. And I want to quote David Keith, who is the number three geoengineer in the world, and he compared geoengineering to chemotherapy, and he said nobody wants to do it because, as outlined in the three days that were there, they were there. They they know geoengineering is going to be very harmful to, to parts of of the planet. Some of the risks uh, associated with this were droughts in Africa and Asia, exactly what we're seeing today. Ozone depletion, exactly what we're seeing today, and, and human health impacts. But they justified by saying this is something that we may have to do. So I want to get back to, to what David Keith had said, and he had said, again, that geoengineering is like chemotherapy. And I quote, nobody wants it, but we may have to do it. Hold on, Mr. Mr. Keith. I don't want chemotherapy. <laughs> you know, there are natural cures for everything. And, uh, and I'm aware of that. And, uh, you know, G. Edward Griffin discusses it really well. He said this uh, it's the collectivist approach. It's what they consider doing something for the greater good of the greater number. Certain individuals may suffer. Some people may even die, but we're going to take it into our hands to do something for the benefit 
of the greater number. Well, you know, we, we run a real risk of giving the select group that type of power because, as we see, a lot of times collectivists will do things that are in the best interest for a very small number of people at the expense of the masses, exactly what we're seeing today in our political system. And a few weeks ago, and you mentioned cancer, and that's one of the, the words that can get us in trouble by even mentioning that there are cures. And yes, folks, there are cures. A few weeks ago, we had Dr. Betty Martini talk about how she had breast cancer, and she found some roots that got rid of it completely. And what happened? The FDA went after the farmers, eradicated all the crops, and now made those roots, those herbs, illegal. So it really makes you wonder who's behind all of this. But Michael, I, I have seen a lot of satellite pictures in the past few years. And uh, let me take the Caribbean as one section of the planet. You see, it's a big area of water, a few islands. And I took uh, Puerto Rico as an island. Around Puerto Rico is completely clear. But in the probably about 10, 15, 20 mile radius surrounding the island and the island was completely covered in chemtrails. So that, in, to me... The excuse of we're doing this to, to, uh, to make the planet less warm, to avoid global warming, is a fallacy if they're only covering populated areas, Michael. What's your take on that? Well, it, it certainly, uh, we know that, for instance, I've driven from Phoenix to uh, Los Angeles, and they were spraying out in the desert. So it's not only in populated areas. And, and again, I, I want to go back to what they're saying. They, they are blatantly denying that that there's any spraying occurring. So they're not saying that this is something that's going on. They're actually lying to us and stating that what we're seeing is simply contrails and, and all of this, uh, this fallout and this mass contamination must be coming from China has been a popular response. Of course, California Air Quality Resource Board did a study on aerosols from China. Uh, aluminum and barium uh, strontium were not amongst those metals, so we can conclude that out. So... Um, <laughs> They're blatantly denying and lying to us, stating that these are not going on. But uh, getting back to your question, is it uh, only an agenda to hit populated areas? It seems like the populated areas are hit a little more hard. But again, uh, Northern California is vastly unpopulated. Many people believe that they might be spraying there because it's the... Uh, where the jet stream typically comes in. So it might be a way to disperse fine metal particulate into, uh, into other parts of the world and get it uh, around the world. And it looks like they want to have these particulate in the sky, usually at all times. And I think that's uh, primarily due to uh, the applications for the HARP program, which uh, has military applications and weather modification applications and also other technologies that and produce things that appear to be natural disasters. So um, maybe we can get into that a little bit. Absolutely. And, and one thing is, how intellectually challenged do they think we are? If before, say, 97 or 98, we didn't see these chemtrails flying around, and now they're everywhere, can they not at least give us some respect and tell us, look, we need to do this to save the planet. And I know some of you may not like it, and we may have to do chemotherapy on the entire planet, but it's necessary for our survival. I will be a little bit happier if they told, told us the truth. But and they keep saying to you, we may have to do it. Well, then what about what's been happening in the last 10 years, Michael? Well, it's, it's very interesting because, again, I said, you know, my estimation is that about 90% of the population is unaware of this. And that means they've 
been a very effective at keeping these things that are really hidden in plain sight, you know, out of the uh, out of the awareness of the public. And I go back to, you know, I guess my experience. I look at it now and I say, how could I have missed this for so many years? I uh, only became aware of this less than three years ago. You know, it's been about two years. I've been researching it extensively, but I'm like, how did I miss this for about, you know, 10 to 12 years? And and the answer is many many people don't look up. Many people don't make the connection in the sky. We're we're busy, uh, you know, perhaps looking at our iPhones. A lot of people have have just the, the, the trials of life that are deeply affecting most of us. So, you know, looking back to my own experience, it's, uh, you know, they did it for a number of years before I was aware of it. And, um, you know, now, of course, the, the truth is starting to come out. People are starting to, to write about this. And, of course, our documentary is, in less than three weeks, has gone around the world. People are aware of this. And, and uh, there's a there's an incredible awakening and an awareness to this issue that's occurring as we speak. So, with that being said, how could they have gotten away with it? You know, I don't know. I think it m- must be a combination b- between the fluoride, the GMO foods, and other things that that kind of dumb us down, in a sense. But but I'm very confident now that we're in a season of of a, of a mass enlightening. I think there's a spiritual component to it where many of us are beginning to wake up. So they can't hide it much longer in what they're doing because a lot of people are waking up to this. They're, they're beginning to, to address this in, in a deceptive, co-optive way uh, through the corporate mainstream media where uh, we've seen uh, in the past couple of months, in the past six months, we've seen an incredible increase on stories about natural contrails. And, of course, the... The news outlets that, that have done those stories have shown things that really appear to be these chemtrails or aerosol trails, and uh, they state that these are just contrails. We did not have those reports a couple of years ago. Those are something of recent. So, it's again, it's it's your COINTELPRO, it's your co-opting, it's your controlled opposition of, of uh, using just a, a slight bit of deception to to keep the public and not questioning this. So, they've been pretty effective, but... Uh, you know, our documentary uses, uh, like you stated, it uses facts, uh, an investigative procedure, and, and we conclusively prove that these programs uh, have not only been ongoing, but are very damaging to human health and ecology. I'm so glad I have a guest here tonight with so much knowledge in the vernacular we use all the time, COINTELPRO, control opposition, and, and so on. And folks, we have to take, take our one and only intermission. I'm here with Michael J. Murphy, the co-producer of the documentary film, What in the World Are They Spraying? Michael, how do we get in touch with this documentary? Well, you, you can order it in many different places. Uh, you can go to, I know Amazon.com is ordering it. There are a couple uh, places. You can uh, uh, get it on TM Videos on Amazon.com, and, and that is where I have posted it. You can also uh, go to InfoWars or uh, Reality Zone, but I would prefer that you go to TM Videos on, on Amazon. That would certainly help uh, help some of our uh, some some of the uh, the filmmakers. Actually, anything helps helps the filmmakers. So whatever you feel more comfortable with, uh, you can certainly do that. And I do know that that people have posted it on the internet. What we do, we ask that people purchase a copy of the film and then make copies and duplicate and replicate and pass these copies out to people in your community. As we're doing this radio interview, I'm duplicating copies and trying to really uh, pass these out within my community in terms of uh, my activism. 
and it's very important folks to to respect his copyrights uh, like us we have no funding no commercial sponsorships and we like to keep it that way because that's the only way we can give you the uncensored unfiltered truth but we have so much more to to discuss i spoke a few weeks ago with uh, peter from belgium I, I forgot his last name michael you know him he's on your video peter these uh Yes, yes, yes. And I forgot to record it. It was a very fascinating short uh, phone call with him. It's great to see people in Europe and other parts of the world standing up to the beast and uh, fighting for all of us. But don't go anywhere, folks. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to talk more with our special guest in our members section. Head on over to our website, veritasshow.com. Click on subscribe and join us in the members area to tune in to the second part of this great show. We'll take a short break, listen to some music, and we'll be right back with more.
This is G. Edward Griffin, and you're listening to The Veritas Show.